Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, I'm your party host, so grab your bourbon, your beer, or your brew, half a sugar and almond milk, just the way you like it, and strap in for another random conversation as we basically just try and make ourselves laugh, and, and hopefully you too along the way. Um, I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How are you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, Jay. I'm doing really well. I'm happy to be here. Uh, and I'm very happy to be with you, partly because uh, B is not feeling very well, so isn't with us today. Um, he is being um, flexible somewhere else. Sorry, um, who, who is this B you speak of? <laughs> he is our, our Mr. Fantastic, our, our flexible friend, the pyjama <laughs> prince that was promised, um, but apparently had only fans commitments, so I had to go and do that instead. I mean, that's what brings in the big bucks. Fair enough, B. Yes. Um, so yes, go and uh, find him on OnlyFans. Um, but in the meantime, we will do our best to uh, to entertain, to uh, have a chat and go through. But it does mean that um, our our multilingual listeners, uh, all the way from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin to Oregon and beyond, will have to put up with our single lingual. <laughs> I have no idea. Yes. Um, Single lingual greeting. Very nice. Yes. Let's do that. Um, but we do thank all of our listeners from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin, to Oregon, to everywhere else that's listening. Uh, thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing and sharing. Thank you for continuing uh, to get involved in the conversation at Geeking In Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you for helping this continue to grow. We are fascinated, bewildered and just insane that where we we have listeners crop up from and um just brilliant so continue to do that please and uh we will continue to grow um and at geeking in pod uh, you will find our uh, link to our link tree um which has everything you can imagine including the link to the teespring shop which has t-shirts mugs and masks uh, masks are still available and 100 percent of the profits of the masks go to the NHS here over in the UK as we continue to um, enjoy a uh, possible beginning of a second wave of pandemic. Oh. Before we go into anything negative, I want to say something funny about the mar- about the mugs. I um, I bought a mug for my grandfather a little while ago. She's been sitting in a box and I gave it to him the other day. Um, so I told him I'd do a sort of radio show on the internet. I think it's the best way I could think of explaining it. And this is our logo. Uh, he is now a great grandfather and therefore goes by GG. And looking at the GI mask, he just assumed I personally made one for him. Uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show, so he won't realise. But it's great. He now walks around with this mug that he think is, thinks is completely personalised. That's amazing. Let, let, yeah. And if your, if your initials are GI, then we have a personalised mug for you as well. Um, available at the... <laughs> <laughs> this could be our new marketing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> GIs of the world unite. Um and yes, we continue to work through what is a bizarre time. Um, and the bizarre time is having impact on our, our viewing pleasures as well. 
as uh, more films have uh, announced that they are moving dates and, and shifting around um, uh, into uh, next year and beyond. So we had Disney announce um, uh, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago that uh, The Black Widow is now scheduled for May 7th, 2021. This means Eternals is now pushed back to November the 5th, 2021. Uh, although Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings looks as if it's holding its date on July 9th, 2021. Uh, interesting because they usually shift them back. They shuffle them all back, whereas they seem to have jumped those two around a little bit. So that's yeah. interesting. They all sort of take each other's slots, don't they? They just kind of move into the next one's next Marvel yeah. movie slot. So mm. I don't know why Shang-Chi's held firm. I mean, I guess one implication is that it isn't an integral part of the, or or at least the, the overall story isn't impacting Shang-Chi so much. So, you know, watching it out of order of initially planned isn't going to spoil things for you. And yeah, I mean, you could switch over the um, mid and post. And that's credits. fine. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I quite like that. You know, we, we've talked about the ending of, of um, Infinity, uh, the Infinity Saga being such a kind of wonderful closing to, you know, 10 years of, of cinema. Um, and now it's nice that it's going to pick up sort of in little bitsy ways rather than trying to force you into this kind of big, long saga straight away. You know, Marvel did a great thing in building to the Infinity Saga and it'd be nice to see it build again. Mm. Um, well, that'd be interesting to see whether we have the patience now after after having that payoff after 10 years worth of patience is do we have the patience to work through again um speaking of patience we have to wait until february 18th 2022 for, for love love and thunder now uh march 25th 2022 is when we're expecting to see dr strange in the multiverse of madness that's going to be what 18 months ish 15 16 months ish after wandavision i thought you were gonna use your patience to segue into dr strange doing a doctor patience thing i was very confused by thought <laughs> Um, yeah, again, I would have had to be out of out of um, order, though. Um, and the the one that uh, is coming in May twenty May sixth, twenty twenty two, at the moment is Black Panther two. Mm. Um, but with with the rough decision of of how you go forward with that franchise now, um, I wonder if that one might move slightly. Um, other films that have been announced but don't have release dates include Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Blade. So it could be that maybe one of those slides in with Black Panther if they need a little bit more time to work out mm -hmm. how they answer that problem. Um, I am surprised Captain Marvel 2 is so far down that list, actually. Um, if, if nothing else, we know Captain Marvel... Um, sells a lot of merchandise. Uh, Jay, I think you told me about your daughter sort of being really into Captain Marvel without having actually seen the she movie. She is. She is. She, she, um, when we're playing superheroes, she is Captain Marvel. Either that or she's Ice Girl, which has powers that are incredibly similar. Is it a superhero Elsa? Elsa. Um, you know, obviously not. No, of course not. But incredibly similar to <laughs> Elsa. Um, 
but yeah, no, Captain Marvel's her 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 jam. Um, really, really kind of has just jumped onto Captain Marvel in a way that that does surprise me. Um, so yeah, I am I'm quite surprised. But then again, I, that even after Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel have made all of the monies, there still seems to be a reticence about fast tracking female-led superhero films, which is why we're now getting Black Widow about 10 years too late from where it should have been. Um, Warner Brothers have followed suit. So The Batman uh, has moved from October the 1st, 2021 to March the 4th, 2022. That being outside of the Halloween season, saddens Yeah, same. That's a real shame. Uh, the Flash, as a as the Flash movie, um, has gone from June 3rd, 2022 to November the 4th, 2022. However, with Speed Force and Timey Wimey, that could change in a flashpoint. Yeah, I've already seen it. Uh, <laughs> or a version of it. I mean, true director's cut style. <laughs> um, that was the date that was previously going to be where Shazam felt the fury of the gods uh, so that's now gone back to june 2nd 2023 and black adam has moved from its debut date of 20, december the 22nd 2021 to a non-defined date i mean i'm spending all day on my outlook calendar now just trying to keep track of all of these moving films i mean uh, what really hurts, what really, really hurts is we did an entire segment of a show about what we were looking forward to in 2021. And if you could only pick one, what would it be? They've blown every single one of those out. I mean, they just haven't considered what the Geeking In crew have to say about this. It's awful. No. <laughs> I mean, to the point where, I mean, and how pity, petty is this? You know, one of the picks was WandaVision. And they've brought it forward. <laughs> so that it still isn't in 2021. I mean, uh, that's just petty. That's just flexing. We do what we want. I know. And June is the other big one that has moved until late 2021. Um, basically been pushed back a year. Um from where we were hoping for it in December. Um, so that leaves us with pretty much nothing left to look forward to in the cinema for 2020. Jeez. I mean, it's really tragic, isn't it? Especially, you know, fingers crossed cinemas can survive this, in particular independent cinemas. Um, you know, that kind of symbiotic relationship between the cinemas and the studios seems to... I don't know. I mean, what's the implication here? It's not symbiotic. It's sort of parasitic because, you know, the studios were working to make sure that things got released so cinemas would survive. So that sort of, you know, platform yes. for them to continue to put products out, uh, content out was it was there. Uh, Cineworld here in the UK uh, coincided their news with the announcement of James Bond being delayed because, you know, that was clearly the big one that they were hoping for to be able to stay open for. Um, and that's that's massively disappointing that Cineworld has to close down for a little while again now. Um, ten- Six months. They're, they're, they're yeah. I mean, Tenet, which was meant to be the saviour of cinema, 
Uh, amazing film, um, but still at this point has made a loss. Um, it's made more than the yeah. cinema than the film's actual budget, but you tend to have to double that budget to understand marketing costs. Although they said this year um, sports marketing was ridiculously cheap, so you know marketing costs <laughs> may not have been as high as they were previously. Um, it's still not made its money back, let alone be you know the next Chris Nolan crazy blockbuster smash. No, and part of that's because um, American markets are still hugely, hugely soft mm. um, because of lockdowns and fear and and concerns and stuff. Um, and, and someone always had to go first. Someone always had to kind of go in and test. And apparently Chris Nolan was, was adamant that he didn't want it sliding. He didn't want it pushed back. He wanted to kind of be bullish and... and Bow through, um, and mm. I respect that, but it's it, it's not reinvigorated, it's not rejuvenated. I, um, I think there was an opportunity there for other films to follow through and, and pick it up, but ultimately, these things are huge financial decisions more than anything else, aren't they? We've sunk so many million into a film, can we make that money back? Um, do we want to risk it? Yeah, especially if you think um, you know, my film isn't Tenet. My film isn't the one that everyone's been, you know, waiting for years and years to see. My film is, you know, we're hoping to make some profit off of it, but wasn't going to be, you know, that big film anyway. No, and, and I think there was a story fairly early on in the pandemic that there was a, an independent film in, uh, that was, was number one in the box office nationally because... Um, there are only a couple of screens open in New York, and that was on one of them. Yeah. So it became the the biggest box office draw in the country because it was the biggest box office draw in the cinema for the three or four nights it was on. Um, so it is a very weird situation. I mean, it's um, Odie and over here are, are playing with a model of. Uh, a lot of their cinemas or a chunk of their cinemas going to weekend opening mm. only, um, which is interesting. AMC in America um, is rumoured to have about six months worth of funds left available to it um, before it needs to to consider what it does. Um, so it is. It's it's all it's all looking quite scary. Um, the naivety of me thinks that cinemas can't just stop. It's too big a, an industry. But I think that's not based in fact in any way, shape or form, in the sense of show me an organisation that can show, that can survive without revenue for, you know, best Especially part Especially if, you know, that revenue does... Come back to the studios through streaming services, and you know, so actually Hollywood continues, yeah, and production continues, but at cinemas as we know it, movie going as we know it. I wonder if that will survive. Maybe not as high a revenue. Maybe maybe it is, you know, a, a decent revenue because you don't have to share it in the same sort of way. So a smaller cut, but a bigger piece of the pie. Um, you know, would you rather have a a, a bigger piece of a hundred million or a smaller piece of? 120 million. Yeah, the the image comics um, thing, with all the creators going over from DC and Marvel. Yeah, we're selling, you know, nothing yeah. compared to what your comics were selling before. 
but you get all the money and you make so much more. People retired after two issues. Uh, yeah. I am looking forward yeah. to uh, Sonic the Hedgehog scooping up all the Oscars this year. I think that'll be really good. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, again, I think we joked about that fairly early on, but it's... Um... If you are if you are going on the logic that it needs to run on screens in both Los Angeles and New York um, to be eligible for the Best Picture Oscar, there's not many. I mean, you're you're into a coin toss of whether it's Tenet or or Sonic, <laughs> really, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Nolan deserves the recognition. It's a shame it's sort of happening in this particular year. But, you know. What are you saying about Jim Carrey? Or is this going to be the first year that a re-release gets the Oscar for Best Picture? Um, I was reading an article today that Hocus Pocus, the re-release of the 1980-something, 90-something Disney film about the witches starring Bette Midler and... Sarah Jessica Parker has outdrawn New Mutants this week. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, that's interesting with, with all the old films coming back anyway, right? Empire Strikes Back was really high up in the charts recently, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, there, there's that, that sort of trend happening with music at the same time, right? So um, uh, the, the Phil Collins song was is back in the charts of the air tonight because of the two guys on YouTube. Yeah. Um, the Fleetwood Mac One's back because of the TikTok trend. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> end of year charts of all sorts are going to be very interesting this year. I mean, it's it's continues to be a year that confounds, doesn't it? Um, and and continues to be a year that's heartbreaking. And and watching all of these things move is 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 sad. Um, you know, selfishly very sad. And then watching the impact all of this has on the ecosystem of what is our our, our geeking culture um, is, is, is very difficult. It's very difficult to look and see what happens next. And it's, it's really interesting because it seems to be at every level. So comic book shops seem to be doing okay at the moment, but they were in a bad place before mm. COVID. You know, very yeah. few comic book shops actually made money. Um, so, you know, the the strength of the community has been the only thing that's really kept going there. Um, Theatres and cinemas are, are, are struggling. Uh, you know, football clubs, even including the Premiership, are, are struggling. Um, so it's a very interesting time in the sense that everything that's distracting us from the chaos outside our door is is it seems to be in real danger mm. of not surviving this so the podcast industry is soaring i'm told <laughs> uh plenty of choices and we're glad you've chosen us um I mean, we, we we still have lots of things to look forward to. It's just we have to look forward to them even longer now. Uh, you know, The Boys is dropping as we speak. Mandalorian drops at the end of the month. Division comes out November-ish. Um, Marvel 616 is on its way as well. Um, 
which looks interesting. I think that's November for a, a total drop. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 got a lot of of good stuff going. But, I mean, we'll, there's yeah. there's a there's a hell of a lot to see us through the winter. I think the next couple of months, you know, uh, Star Trek Discovery, October fifteenth, I think. That's true. Uh, week, so yeah, yeah there, there's there's a lot of content to see us through the next, hopefully the next six months. Especially as it looks like the next six months is going to be a difficult time for everyone being locked in. Um, uh, there is going to be a strange period, I think, on the other side of that. And we talked about this from the very beginning, actually, you know, the, the gap in that kind of creative space. Um, and once we kind of get over that hurdle of that kind of drought, I think we'll get a lot of uh, really interesting product, uh, projects coming out really quickly. A lot of really well-written, really well-thought-through projects coming out very quickly. But there is going to be a difficult drought sort of, you know, mid-next year, I think. I think you're right. I think it's 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 going to be a real interesting point where we we have the the lull of everything that's in place. Although things are being worked on, it just have to be you know thought of differently, and then a real kind of fizz of of outpouring of all of the things that have been come up with and surmised and written and thought about at this time that kind of creative recharge of people trying to find something to do with their time which you know frankly is is was the genesis of this podcast was let's try and do something creative to stop ourselves going insane um, you can argue you can argue about the level of creativity and you can argue about the level of insanity but um you know that was that was the purpose of this that was that was entirely that was the three of us saying what can we do that, that kind of gets us out of our head and out of the walls that we, we, we seem to be locked into? I thought into the purpose life. was we came I up think... with the title as a joke and thought it was too good not to use. <laughs> I mean, that, that, was the, that was the final push, <laughs> yes. Um, but the genesis of the conversation was about us doing yeah. something just, yeah, different and creative and, and elsewhere kind of thing. Um, so there will come a point where all of that kind of creative electricity just kind of really explodes, I think, and really kind of surges through. Um, and it's just it's just getting there. Um, and that's going to be a trouble. But as we speak about electricity, that brings us on to our next story where everyone's favourite electricity wielding foe of Spider-Man is has been cast for Spider-Man 3. Have you seen no, this? No, no. What? Hang on. Are you telling me Jamie Foxx is going to join the MCU as Electro? I am telling you that Jamie Foxx has... That's amazing. I'm so up for that. Listen, I'm up for Jamie Foxx being in any... He has... Doing any role. Jamie Foxx can play Spider-Man now. It's fine. I'm up for it. <laughs> he has a uh, Twitter... Um, uh, he has on a Twitter, uh, an Instagram post, promised that he won't be blue in this one. Um, it's so, such a weird, such a weird yeah. choice. I mean, you know, if you can get Jamie Foxx back into the movies, in into into the MCU, give him another role. That's so weird, so weird to make him elect. I mean, does he particularly love the character of Electro? Has he always deeply loved Electro? 
It's so straight. I mean, you know, even the way that. Do you remember the 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 eels which gave him his superpowers and turned him blue also fixed a gap in his teeth, and they drew attention to that fact yep. in the, during the transformation sequence. Like you know, when they were making it, Mark Webb was there yep. going, uh, "You know what? Gap tooth. We'll sort that out. Well, first we'll give him one, and then we'll sort it out." <laughs> you know what really <laughs> defines loser gap tooth. You know what really defines, you know, an evil, you know, powerful man? <laughs> Orthodontist tree. Orthodontic eels. <laughs> yeah. Through electricity. Um, yeah, no, he's back. He's he's going to be in Spider-Man 3. Um, revisiting, reprising, correcting. I, I mean, this may be the you know plan to now go build that spider-verse right so as far as we know spider-man 3 is potentially the last mcu spider-man movie with additional um with additional uh, cameos is that right um yeah in theory uh, so yes. one thing they could now start to do is to take uh you know our our peter parker from the mcu and start introducing him to a world of spunk spunk uh, I, I forgot the actual word for it now is it spunk oh spunk spunk sony pictures universe ah, spunk of Marvel with an characters. M. Uh, <laughs> yes don't don't forget your m when you're spunking so, you know, this is an Electro. It's not the Electro of Andrew Garfield because uh, I can't remember if that guy was dead or not, but it's another Electro from another universe and why, why would he not also be Jamie Foxx? And this opens you up to Andrew Garfield coming back and Toby Maguire's cameo and all that kind of stuff as well. It's too, the mm. other part of the story, which is that insiders have apparently said that Maguire and Garfield have been discussed and are in negotiation to appear in the final scene of Spider-Man 3. The expectation being that baddies from their universes will be in the final third of the, the MCU Spider-Man film, maybe even including Electro, and that is what brings them in. So we do have a live-action Spider-Verse at the end. Um, that is awesome. I mean, I, I wish we didn't know it was at the end. I wish that was not information that comes out that actually just they're going to be part of it and we'll, we'll see it in the film. But that is awesome. I mean, that that's that's a brilliant way forward. It's also quite cool to think we will now know what Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man has been up to for the past, I don't know, X amount of years. I really can't remember when how long ago Spider-Man 3 was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be less of a shock because, you know, we've seen what Luke Skywalker's been up to for th after 30 years. Um, so we are used to that kind of return to the character. Uh, but it, it, it's nice to know that that world's still there and uh, Andrew Garfield's world, you know, would continue. Did, did Gwen Stacy die at the end of the Andrew Garfield movie? I can't remember. Right. Yes. So we'd have a, a mourning, potentially a mourning Spider-Man there and he could kind of go down a much darker route. Well, no, because he kind of just moved on with it. Because she, she died and then he kind of, you know, got back on the horse and, and, and went for it. I think he did all of his mourning during 
the craziness that was. <laughs> well, you know, at least he's had a had a different journey to Toby, who's having a different journey to um, young Tom Holland, who is part of a much larger Marvel world. It's, it's really, you know what, their interactions, the, the characters are different enough for it to be really interesting. I'm glad they didn't use Tobey Maguire in Spider-Verse in the end, uh, because it means we get him in this way. I, I mean, I, I've enjoyed, for different reasons, all of the incarnations of Spider-Man. Um, Maguire at the time was um, uh, was a very good and very kind of I mean, honest Spider-Man. Spider-Man Two was kind of epic, wasn't it? Flimsy. Yes. Yeah. Spider-Man Three. Yeah. I can hear B in the back of my brain going. <laughs> it's a great what? film. <laughs> That's a great movie. What Don't are you understand. talking about? <laughs> What's wrong with Spider-Man Three? We really miss you, man. You are so needed for this conversation. <laughs> no one defends Spider. No one defends like random oh, films. Like, just have like, Jay and I ragging on these films. Um, we need you in. No, it needs to be balanced. Where are you to balance us? Otherwise, everyone just has to acknowledge the films are rubbish, rather than maybe there's a chance. Um, and even Garfield's too, I didn't mind. I liked the interplay between him and uh, Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I, um, I actually liked his... I liked uh, Amazing Spider-Man too. I, I didn't think it was bad at all. I would have been happy for that to carry on. Um, you know, a, a sort of much more modern, sort of cooler Spider-Man. I mean, he, he wouldn't have fit into the MCU, but I, yeah, I, I liked those films in general. The spy stuff was pretty awful, though, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. I I mean, big chunks of the story were. Um, but I, I, I liked the... I liked his interpretation mm. of Spider-Man. I, I, you know, I do think Tom Holland's mm. my favourite of the three. Yeah, totally agree. But for the time, I think each one was amazing. Yeah, um, so I, I, it will be interesting to see the three dynamics at play. I think there's, they, there's enough of a difference in their interpretation of the character to make it not feel as if it's, you know, three people trying to, to mm. play in the same space. So jumping on, uh, I think you mentioned, is it last week or the week before, Charlie Cox being rumoured to come back as um, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. The MCU is is going to get pretty wacky, pretty interesting, isn't it? I I like Spider Man as a street level yeah. hero, so I like him interacting with the likes of Daredevil, with the likes of you know Luke Cage and those guys. So his sort of new new Avengers time with um, Bendis's new Avengers run, that's the kind of guys I want to see him hanging out with. Um, and I know that's not possible with the sort of the, the Sony Marvel split but maybe there is some time to get some of those kind of things in as well. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. I, I mean, you, you could spin it out in so many different ways. And, you know, if you, you could, you could hot shot um, Ghost Spider, Spider Gwen, you could, you could even hot shot Miles Morales if you wanted to. Um, 
so there's ways there's ways of really kind of using this as, as, a, as a huge catalyst um and I, I i mean it'll be interesting to see what what the sony side of the house does going forward if they feel that they can stand alone and therefore don't have to give disney a mm. shit ton of money every time they make a film which is kind of where the current deal is in the sense of, you know, we'll give you a little bit of rub kid and we'll take mm-hmm. a big chunky money. Thank you. So I, I can see why they're desperate to stand it up on their own. And yeah, maybe that's, that's how they play it through. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be, um, Bizarre, but it also seems to be building towards the the, the Sinister Six yeah. film that we have been promised so I'm many just, times. I'm interested in that. I don't know if it's if it's the Amazing Spider-Man two that put me off it or what. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not that interested in the Sinister Six. I don't get excited when when those six get together. They're just a bunch of villains. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and and I don't think any of them's really had any kind of huge gravitas in the film to make me worry about it. I mean, I, I still, Willem Dafoe, you know, with, with respect to Willem Dafoe's performance, I, I, I don't feel we've seen a definitive mm. Green Goblin yet. Um, it struggles because it doesn't feel as if there are there's a third dimension to these villains that make me think they're a threat or care. Um, I think, you know, obviously I think that Michael Keaton's got, uh, uh, Vulture was very good, but the resolution of that didn't lead me to think that he wants to be out for Spider-Man's blood. Um. So yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but it is kind it of. It also a falls bit... down once they know his identity. It so... becomes these kind of grown ass men wanting to beat up a, a teenager, and it's just a bit. Oh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, he's a superpowered teenager, but that that can't be your ultimate nemesis. Uh, I think it works better as Peter grows up. Uh, a little I mean, bit. legally he's a twenty. Legally he's a twenty something at this point. Five years. <laughs> yeah, fair right, enough. Five years worth of blip. His, his, his birth I mean, certificate still says the same. Get any wine on the plane, I don't think it counts. <laughs> fair, fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've already addressed that, haven't they? So, I mean, I don't understand the logic, but that's not my job. Um, it is. It's, it's going to be one to, to, to watch. And I think it's one that could be um, interesting to see how, how that character continues to pop up both in the spider-man sony pictures universe of marvel characters as well as in the mcu um but one character they seem to be keen to pop up in various mcu stories is uh deadpool rumor has it that ryan reynolds is being signed to the biggest marvel contract so far um for the most pictures so far now given that um nick fury has been in 
has shown up in 10 films and has soon got his Disney Plus show. Um, Sam Jackson's contract was always 10 films, Chris wasn't Evan, it? 10 cameos. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Evans and Downey Jr. both did 10 appearances. Black Widow will be nine with the film. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder is Chris Hemworth's ninth as well. Um, so if you're looking at the biggest number of appearances, then you are looking at 11 plus. I mean, is this the new Stan Lee thing? It's going to be Deadpool sort of walking through the background of each film. So there's that's one of the rumours, is that Deadpool will be your fourth wall-breaking nod I, to I the audience. I don't want that in a, in a kind of... In a serious-ish film, you know, um, the Stan Lee stuff was done, I think, well enough that it, it didn't really break your suspension of disbelief overall. You know, it didn't did, didn't break break you being in the film. But if you think of a film like, uh, say, Winter Soldier, you know, Dead uh, Deadpool sort of popping up in the background of that would just break the immersion so much. I think, even if it's just like a background cameo. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've they've always done an incredibly good job of finding that line between um, serious moments and more comedic breaks. Um, they've always had a humour to them, a humour, a heart, and a spectacle to them. But it's it's yeah, it's going to feel a little bit half done, I think. I think it's going to feel a little bit rammed in. Um, yeah, just, you know, as subtle as a... Uh, yeah, just not... Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, he'll stand, stand out just because of his costume. I mean, um, the thing with the Stan Lee stuff is... I mean, yeah, it was a wink and a nod to the audience but also it's a character in the world. You know, you're not sitting there thinking this is the same character necessarily through all the films. You know, you could argue it's a watcher or whatever, but that's just theories you run up. But if Stan Lee's there delivering the mail, for all intents and purposes, that's just a mailman who happens to look like Stan Lee. Oh, that's just, you know, someone on a train who happens to look like Stan Lee. Deadpool in costume is going to be Deadpool, especially with the fact that Deadpool knows he's in a comic, or in this case, knows he's in a film. Mm. Yeah, I kind of don't want that at all. I, I, I feel it's one that will get old fairly quickly. I guess the other alternative to that, though, is that in the same way that um, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. have been in multiple films because they've been in the Avengers films, they've been crossing over in films, and they've been in their own films, you make him an Avenger or you make an X-Men franchise that he's a part of and his his appearances are are within does story Ryan Reynolds, does, cameos. I was going to say just Deadpool, but no, actually I think, I mean, does Ryan Reynolds really work in a PG-13, 12A setting? I mean, this is this is the point we keep falling back into um i'm thinking about his films i I mean say r.i.p.d right so that's another comic book film it's sort of ryan reynolds playing ryan reynolds um but 
I think that was a 12A. It, it, it just didn't work. You know, I think his humor is a very specific kind, kind of humor. It is very funny. Um, you know, and it extends to his Twitter and his Instagram and his, you know, public appearances and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just, and, and it was launched from Blade Trinity where, you know, it was an 18 rated film and he could just go wild on and had to go wild because Snipe never showed up filming. Um, you know, I think that's why it works. I think taking Deadpool out, plugging more money into it and give, making it a, a PG-13, it's just going to neuter the whole thing. It just feels like don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I mean, I'm... I understand the, 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 the desire to... And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm desperate to see them do something with Deadpool in... in the MCU, they've they've played with various things. We had a Donald Glover written Deadpool cartoon that was being planned under Fox, but that kind of got shelved when it went into Disney. Again, because that was going to be more adult than they were planning, more more akin to almost like the Harley Quinn cartoon, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see why with the notoriety, with, with everything that Deadpool is, why you'd want to bring him in. I, I guess the comics don't have him effing and blinding all the time. And I guess Marvel films up until now have done violence in an acceptable way. So if you take away the language and you take about I, that I think the blood, difference between the comics the and cinema Deadpool, I mean, firstly, Deadpool comics are kind of hit and miss anyway. They're not sort of, not every Deadpool comic you pick up is gold. Um, but Cinema Deadpool has Ryan Reynolds in its DNA. I mean, no one else could have played that character. Um, no one else could really take over that character. It, it's basically him coming out. Um, and I think that's that's the difference here. Uh, mm. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I, I but I do hope that it's if if there's a choice, I want it to be that there are eleven movies that he is in with a purpose, rather than he's yeah. the you know. Well, would you look at this guy? Totally kind of thing. Um, but we, I mean, I, I do think that he is, he's what Wolverine would have been if they did this in the 90s. You know, he's kind of your, your franchise mm-hmm. mutant mm. star at this point. Um, I mean, yeah, so the first really few times will be hilarious anyway, having him turn up in the Nick Fury coat, trying to recruit someone for the Avengers initiative, all that kind of stuff. As you say, it will get old and it will get old fast. Yeah. So they'd have to really plan it out and think on their feet as to how they'd use him best. Which, mm. to be fair, has been you know a strength of Marvel up until now. We shall see. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that, that Ryan Reynolds is being brought into the fold. Um you know, love what Ryan Reynolds does. Uh, his Free new guy. movie, New Guy, looks fantastic. 
free guy. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> with with uh, Taika um, Watiti that was, in the frame. <laughs> that's, that's, I know. And, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Jodie Cormer from um, Killing Eve, uh, which I only found because someone recommended to me and, and they were bang on with, with the recommendation. It's brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that concept of him understanding that he's in a computer game and just deciding to be the, the, the nice hero in this, in a world where very GTA style, everyone does bad things because it's a computer game and you can. Um, yeah, it's really interesting and, and looks funny and looks like a Ryan Reynolds movie. And the Hitman's Bodyguard, I think, is, is overlooked as well. Mm. which is him and Sam Jackson and Sam Hayek who's in the we're soon going to get to a point where every actor in Hollywood has some role in the MCU (laughs) Seven Shades of Marvel movies maybe that's something we do going forward when there's nothing in production there's no movies for us to talk about maybe we play pick a random name and see if we can trace them back to that's how my brother and I first having discovered first having access to IMDb Actually, you know, play that game of like connecting one actor to another, um, and it's just so easy now. You just do it in conversation because you always go to the MCU and then you go back out. Yeah. We might try that next week. We might try that next week with Wimpy's back. We'll we'll give him a couple and uh, see how he does. Um, and if he's been good and listened to this, then he's going to be forewarned for that. And if he's been bad and hasn't listened to this, then he deserves everything he gets. So there we go. Um, so shall we move on to uh, some um, recommendations for people to check out whilst we uh, go Sounds away for good. a week? Um, I, yeah, so um, like a, a little bit different than, than the usual, I think, from me this time. I've been playing uh, an online game called Among Us, it's basically like Mafia or uh, Murder in the Dark, if you've played those games, but it's set in space and you play it online and you can play it with friends or you can play it with um, uh, with strangers. I discovered it because of memes rather than anything else, because that's how news seems to come to me now. Um, but it's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, and as I say, for me, anything set in space, I'm, I'm kind of up for. Uh, but if you do find either a group that you know or a... Um, an online group that sort of matches you in terms of it, in terms of how they like to play. It's, it's really addictive. Uh, you are a bunch of um, people in on a spaceship uh, who have to do some tasks to keep that spaceship flying. Um, but a, a certain number of you are n- imposters. They are not humans. They're potentially ki- uh, aliens who are killers and their job is to sabotage the ship and one by one kill you or get you to vote each other off the ship because you suspect each other are the imposters. Uh, really good game, really good chat on the side. Um, you, know, you can play it on mobile, you can play it on uh, PC. Um, it's free on mobile, although that means they get your data, or you pay for it, I think, uh, like £2, £3 on PC. Um, yeah, and I highly recommend it. It's um, it, it's the game that everyone seems to be playing at the moment. Um, it's, it's, it's the one that um, Twitch is full of um, and that's quite fun so uh, yeah 
I, I, I think oh. there's um, there was an honest games trailer that I was watching about it the other day where it was was talking about how um, uh, you know one of the one of the scary parts of it is mm. you realize how good a liar. I mean, an interesting part are. of it is the language actually, uh, Jay. I mean, because so, everyone's typing, but they're using their phones and and all this. Uh, so it's got its own sort of you know reddish sus that people throw around. And if you think back to the Dark Knight Returns, where uh, you know the 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 young the mutants there have their own kind of language. It's just that, and you know, here I am, sort of you know, thirty something old, trying to understand. Wait, wait, what was that? What does that mean? So on the side, I'm kind of googling phrases to kind of understand sometimes in some of the rooms. Uh, but it, it is really interesting. And if, Jay, if you and B get into this, um, I say let's let's set up a a. A geeking in room. Uh, you know, we can announce when it is, and if people want to join us, if any of our listeners would like to join us for, for some games, we could do that as well. I think that sounds good. I think we can probably set that up. So uh, we will we will take that offline and sort it out. I think. Um, for me, I'm going to go for a film that is is uh, genre adjacent. I, I think this counts. Um, it's not quite you know the genre we talk about but it's it's got huge ties to um it links very nicely to black history month um and i'm going to recommend creed um i i i think that uh if you pick any episode at random of geeking in in our archives available wherever you listen to podcasts and play it back you will probably only be um no more than about 20 minutes away from me (laughs) professing my love for michael b jordan um, and uh, Creed shows you why. I mean, it, uh, written and directed by Ryan Coogler, who did Black Panther, uh, Michael B. Jordan, who was in Black Panther, um, and is the story of the illegitimate, illegitimate son of um, uh, Apollo Creed, um, who then grows up and wants to try and prove himself and become uh, a name, and it plays in every single brilliant piece of um, the original couple of Rocky films. Um, And it plays in uh, all of the tropes and updates them and modernizes them. And just as an incredible story, it's a number of incredible stories all tied together. There's this, you know, things going on with everyone, which is, um, not always what you get with with a film like Rocky. You know, it's focused on the the main character and their journey and their struggle. So him having his struggles in a world where everyone's having their struggles and them all trying to be better and move forward and learning from each other and leaning from each other and fucking up in front of each other um, just makes it even more powerful. Um, so, uh, yes, I think that... Um, it uh, is uh, one of those films uh, that had me absolutely bawling uh, during it. Really great recommendation. It's um, yep. there's a couple of moments that just kind of make you. Um, although, if we're talking about films that have moments that make me want to tear up, um, that are in genre, um, <laughs> Deadpool two. <laughs> Deadpool 2 gets me. Fair enough. Yep. He's, yep. he's with Vanessa and yep. and Cable kisses his <laughs> daughter's 
Teddy. Gets me every I think, time. I think the worst for me was um, Interstellar with um, him watching his... Uh... I really thought <laughs> for the death of Optimus Prime in, in Transformers. Yeah, that, that, I can't even bring that up too soon. 1986, too soon. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can't believe they're selling a toy of it. Like, I mean, seriously, what the fuck? I you know, know what's even worse is I'm considering buying it. Just to torture myself. <laughs> just, yeah. just so you can tear up every time you move past your toy shelf. Would you have him in? Yeah, I, I can't understand how else people would, would pose it. Laid. You know, he's not going to be like fighting or stuff. You know, it's the dead body of Prime. What else are you going to? He comes for the trailer. Right. Weirdly, you know, is is, is the trailer a coffin? What, what's going on? Yes, he could, but Zombie, well, Prime, zombie from, Prime from I think the penultimate episode of season three was red and blue. <laughs> yeah, but shouldn't have been. <laughs> this might is my definitive answer on that. Um this conversation is gonna go for a long, long time. So we will we will go offline to talk about Zombie Prime um uh, and come back to you and talk to you all about everything going on next week. Hopefully back to full strength. Um but uh yes, uh enjoy your week, look after each other. Get well, be. <laughs> um, hope the cooking improves. And uh, we will speak to you next week. Adios.